Thank you for having us. Thank you, Paul. And no, we did get enough sunshine yesterday morning until the wind came in. Actually, had a swim this morning too, which was nice. We've been staying out at Cable Bay. So it's been really beautiful, our new favorite beach. And so I'm thinking, we're coming up here, we're staying in Pai here next Christmas. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have to go a little bit further and come and visit you all again in the, over Christmas time. So uh, yeah, no, we're loving the far north. We don't come up often enough, so I think we might have to make a habit of that. Uh, but no, thank you, Paul and Sally Ann. Um, I just want to honor you guys. You guys are incredible pastors. I think you're building an amazing work here. We hear about the momentum that, that is here in, in Kaitaia, and uh, you guys are great pastors. When I think of, you know, there are many great leaders that get the title of a pastor, but Paul and Sally Ann, you guys are pastors, and you love people, and you work with that great love, and so I just want to honor you. You're doing a great job. So, awesome. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm here with my family. We've got our three kids terrorizing your kids program right now. So, um, I'm sorry for your team. Um, but, yeah, my wife Libby's here. And, uh, yeah, we're just loving it up here in the far north. Um, I just want to quickly mention um, uh, I've got a social media thing going on. I won't take long over this. Um, but uh, what I found in talking to people is that some of the lessons God teaches me actually ends up helping them in their situations. Like, we go through the same kind of journeys and lessons together. And I found that things I was finding myself devotionals teaching on social media that other people were posting was like, man, that's really helpful to me. So I started posting some of the things that God teaches me for myself, just sharing those life lessons onto social media. And the amount of people who say, man, that was just perfect for me right at the perfect moment. It just encouraged me to keep on going. So uh, if you want some fresh devotionals, some, some insights from the Word of God, then uh, you can find me there on Facebook and Instagram, and um, I'd love to have you follow along. Um, I just want to mention a little bit about New Zealand and beyond, just to, to follow on from Paul. And uh, I think what I love about New Zealand and beyond is that of all the churches that are benefiting and being blessed the most from this conference, it's Church Unlimited. It's us. And we put this conference on thinking, yeah, this is God's gift to the body of Christ. We want to bless other churches and bring us all together. But then God ends up blessing us the most, and we've been growing the most from it. And I think when it just shows that God's in control, God's in charge of this thing, He's driving it. And you know, when God's driving something, you want to jump on board because it's going to launch your life. It's going to launch Church Unlimited here in Kaitaia. So I encourage you Man, if, if I hadn't registered already, I would register today here and get the $40. Man, that's amazing. Um, so do, do be a part of it because we're a family and let's do this journey together. And God's got a calling on Church Unlimited here in Kaitaia. And that's a great place where you can receive uh, insight uh, for the call of God for this church. Cool. Well, I've got a, um, actually, I was really excited about what John was talking about before because um, a lot of what I've got prepared here kind of fits in together with that. So, I'm just going to pray, and uh, why don't you just close your eyes, and, and you know, the, more than anything else, I just want you to, to tune into God, because God's got something that He wants to say to you today. I had a message prepared um, a week ago, and then God said, no, you can talk about this instead, please, because I really feel that God's got something He wants to share with you specifically. So I'm going to pray, and why don't you just tune your ears in to hear what God wants to speak to you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that, uh, Lord, your word brings light, Lord, into our dark places. Your word brings truth and revelation, Lord. It helps us to understand life better. And I pray, that, Lord, every person here would receive from you. 
God, I pray that they would take their eyes off who's speaking and put their eyes onto the one who can speak words of life into them. And I pray, Jesus, that you would speak a real word into each and every person here today, a word that they can grasp and grab a hold of and do something with, and that would release them into their God-given purpose and future. Father, so speak to us. Give us ears to hear your voice, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, there's, there, there are a lot of things uh, in life that I find really oddly satisfying. Uh, the other day, I was listening to a uh, teaching podcast, and I was driving the car, and, and just the exact moment I pulled into the parking spot, was the exact moment the teaching finished, and I thought, man, that's satisfying. That's just perfectly timed. Or there are other times, you know, when you're, you're packing the car for a holiday, and I just have to say, men are a hundred times better at packing the car than women. Am I right, boys? Come on. Yeah, I'm getting some nods, and then I'm getting some elbows from the woman. Uh, but, you know, when you've got the suitcases in, and then you get that next bag, and it just perfectly slots in, you know, it's like it was made to go there, or then that pillow goes perfectly. You know, yeah, you guys are nodding. You know what I'm talking about. It's just satisfying, and it's satisfying when something seems like, you know, it's just fit for that purpose. You know, it's perfect for that purpose. But the thing with satisfaction and fulfillment, it's quite an elusive thing. King Solomon um, in the book of Ecclesiastes said, life is meaningless, and more accurately translated word for meaningless is actually it's hard to grasp. It's like the picture of trying to catch smoke with your hands. It's just hard to lock it down. It's hard to grab it. And so King Solomon knew that fulfillment and meaning in life and satisfaction in life is just hard. It's hard to discover what it is. It's hard to grasp it. And I know what it's like to feel like there are times in our lives when you feel stuck, when you feel like there's no meaning to your existence, there's no purpose, there's no fulfillment in your every day today. And I know what it's like because I, I guess the last seven years for me has been a lesson in finding fulfillment or in where I find my purpose. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, I've been in places where it's discouraging. I've been in places, and I'm sure you can relate, where it's dark, it feels hopeless, it feels like you're stuck, you don't have options, you don't know how to fix something, something's wrong. And, and there's like this tension. But I don't believe that that's what our life is supposed to be like. I think that life is supposed to be more than that. I think King Solomon was lamenting. He was saying, you know, life's meaningless, but he knew that there was supposed to be meaning. He devoted his life to try and find meaning because we're created to find purpose. We're created for a reason. We're created to have that fulfillment. God created us for more than just waking up, going to work, eat, sleep, repeat, do it all over again. He created us more than just surviving. He created us for thriving. And uh, so that's what I want to talk about today because I know that many people feel trapped. We feel stuck. I feel like we're in a mundane day-to-day kind of a life, you know, and that kind of life is numbing. It's boring. It's discouraging. It's depressing. But we're created for significance. We're created for greatness. And God's put that in each and every one of us. And now perhaps not greatness in terms of what the world would class greatness. I'm not talking about finding fame or fortune or being the most significant. I'm talking about greatness in your contribution, greatness in terms of what you're able to do for God or what your life is able to achieve and the greatness in, the, in your soul, greatness and fulfillment. I want you to remember this. As we go all in on that purpose, we find the satisfaction that our lives were created for when you're all in on your purpose for living. 
We find the fulfillment our lives are meant to have when we fit into the purpose we were created for. So the question is, where do we find our purpose? Where do we find our fulfillment? Now, Jesus, with his disciples, there was a time when his disciples were hungry, and they said, man, we need to go out and get some food. And so they left, and, uh, and then they came back with the food, and they said, Jesus, come and eat something. And he says, nah, I, I'm, I have food you don't know anything about. And, he, and the disciples must be like, oh, what, did he have muesli bars in his pocket? Did someone come and bring him a burger or something? And Jesus went on to explain, and he said, no, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Jesus' fulfillment, he knew that his fulfillment was in doing his purpose. He knew that fulfillment in life was found in working and perfectly fitting into your purpose. And so, friends, I want to say to you today that you have a purpose. I believe that's what God said to me. He said to me last Sunday when he wanted me to change this message. He said, tell them they have a purpose. Tell them they have something to contribute. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Think about this. God has plans for you. God has plans for you. He didn't create you and then think, what am I going to do with you? He had plans and said, I need to create someone to fulfill these plans. You, were, you had plans on your life before you were even born. You have something to offer. You have a purpose. And why don't you tell the person next to you, tell them you're significant. Tell them you have something to offer. And that's the absolute truth. We all have a purpose. Now, I, I, find, it, I find purpose a little bit hard to explain because... A lot of us think purpose is like, oh, this call in my life I need to discover, this thing that I'm meant to do that's way out there, maybe in the future, or how do I find the the thing I'm supposed to be doing? But this might help to redefine purpose for you. I see purpose less like a destination and more like a journey. Um, There was a time when me and my family were walking along the beach, and uh, I was, found myself charging on ahead and then getting frustrated because I'd look back and they were all dragging their feet. They were way behind. They were picking out rocks and shells. They were running in and out of the water, chasing each other. And I was like, come on, guys. we got to go and get to the other end. We're going for a walk. Come on. Let's get to the end of the beach and get back. And then it dawned on me. I realized, isn't the whole point of a walk on the beach to pick up rocks, to pick up shells, to walk, run in and out of the water, chase each other around? The whole point of a walk on the beach is not just to get to the end and back. And I think it's like that with our purpose. The whole point of our purpose is not to discover, find that thing we're supposed to do. Our purpose is more what you're doing every day, what you're doing along the journey, what you're doing, the the tasks or the opportunities or the people that God brings in front of you daily. That's what purpose is. It's more like a walk on a beach than a destination we're trying to get to. And the key to satisfaction is to begin that journey with God, is to begin that walk on the beach with God. That's the key to our fulfillment. It's not to find the destination and suddenly think, I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be fulfilled when that happens or when, when that opportunity comes through or when that job comes through, I'll be fulfilled. No, that's not fulfillment. Fulfillment is today how you're living your life, walking that journey with God little by little as it comes. I love Lego. I brought with me a Lego book, and I saw my friend down the back was playing Lego. I thought, man, that's awesome. I love Lego. And I've started to buy a collection of Lego for the kids. 
uh, of course, the kids. Um, but truth is, I love grabbing a piece of Lego out of the box and being like, oh, that's a cool piece. Building something crazy, you know, you never know what you might end up with. But when I started to buy sets of Lego, and I thought, okay, well, I've got a box of Lego. I need to make the manual. You just have to make the set of Lego. I started to discover the intricacy, the detail that goes into these models, right? And so you start building. I mean, look at these, these manuals are huge. Like, there's like pages and pages of like, what even is that, you know? And you start building, you think, this is not a helicopter. Like, what's going on here? And so, but the more you build, the more you follow the instructions, then the more the model begins to take shape. And uh, you realize that a lot of the first initial pieces that you started building with, at the end product, you don't even see them. They're like all buried in and amongst the whole model. Now, the thing with Lego is, is that every individual piece there is a part of the plan. And every individual piece there was important to finishing the model, even though you don't necessarily get to see, you know, everything. So picture yourself as a single piece of Lego. You're one piece of Lego. Now, on their own, the individual piece of Lego doesn't really make much sense. You can't do much with one piece of Lego. But together, they contribute to a whole. Some pieces of Lego are on show. Some are hidden. Some pieces are big. Some are small. Some are colorful. Some are, you know, pretty plain. The point is, they're all vital to fulfill their purpose in that grand plan, in the master plan. If there was a piece of Lego missing, there'd be a hole you know, there would be a gap, or something wouldn't join properly, or something wouldn't function properly, you know. And the, po- the, the truth is that each of us has a vital pl- place in God's plan. Each of us has a point. God has a plan for you. You're an individual piece. Your life has a purpose. Now, your life might have purpose for the display of God's kingdom, God's plan, or it might have purpose for the strength of God's plan. It might have purpose for the function of God's plan. But the point is, without you, there's a piece missing. You're significant. You're significant. And everything about you is intentional. Everything about you, you think of Lego, there's different colors, different shapes, different sizes. They're intentional fit for that purpose. Your personality, your upbringing, your background, your passions, your skills, your talents, everything about you is perfect for the purpose that God has created you for. And finding fulfillment, finding satisfaction in life begins with recognizing that you do have something to offer. You do have something to contribute. And you do have a place that you fit. And there's a greater purpose to your life. And going all in to find that purpose, going all in into that purpose, that's the greatest and that's the smartest move that you can make. So the question is, how do we do it? How do we start walking in our purpose? And you know, the The thing is with that, it's going to take all of us a lifetime of individual lessons. You know, we're all different. There's no cookie cutter for that. But what I want to share today is three starting points that would be common to everyone. Very simple. Nothing groundbreaking here. Very simple. But the keys that can get you going and discovering what your purpose is. And the first step is your relationship with God. I told you, very simple. Nothing groundbreaking here, but... Your relationship with God, it's key. And it's key because your greatest purpose is to know God. Your greatest purpose. It's no good doing something for God without knowing God because you'll still be unsatisfied. You'll still be without purpose 
It begins with that foundation of knowing God. And that's the priority thing that God created for you for, was friendship with Him. The priority thing. God cares more about you than what you do. Remember that. God cares more about you than what you do. I read this yesterday. God doesn't just want to use us. He wants to know us. God didn't create you to use you. He created you to know you. Think about Judas. God created Judas, and Judas fulfilled a plan, a purpose in God's plan. But he was used for a plan, but Jesus was known by God. God wants to know. Judas didn't know God, but Jesus knew God. And the result of knowing God more is that our journey begins to take on this exciting shape of passion, of purpose. Uh, God speaks to us. God gives us opportunities. God gives us vision. God begins to lead our lives, and you begin to hear His voice. He gives us promises. I like to see it this way. God is our coach. He's our mentor. He's our leader, and God speaks. And when we have friendship with God, when we cultivate that friendship with God, then God begins to direct our steps. Now, I told you earlier that the last seven years has been a real lesson of this for me. And about uh, yeah, six, seven years ago, I, was, I remember distinctly walking to work one time, and I, I I've been working, my role at Church Unlimited, by the way, is, is media, it's, it's graphic design and video editing, that kind of thing. And uh, I remember walking to, uh, walking to work and saying, man, God, is this, is this really, is this why you got me working for the church? Is this it? Is this all there is? I know the plans and the promises that God has on my life, and I know uh, where God is leading me to, but I felt like I'd hit a wall. I felt like I was stuck in this role okay, stuck in my responsibilities of media. And I was growing more and more dissatisfied with the work that I was doing for God. I was, uh, you could say I was burning out. And then about three years ago now, three or four years ago now, I remember sitting in my car at traffic lights and I said to God, man, God, I would love a mentor. I wish I had somebody that I felt like I could talk to about this, find out and insights. How do I get unstuck? How do we get moving? How do I pursue the best that I know you've got for my life? And I just was like, God, give me a mentor. And he said, he said how about I be your mentor? And I thought, oh, that's a good idea. That's novel. I don't know how that was work. I would have rather had somebody to talk to face to face, I guess. But I said, yeah, okay, cool, God. Let's try that. You be my mentor. Not lying, not exaggerating, within a couple of weeks, could have even been days, um, God spoke to me about humility, about being humble, about saying, okay, look, you've got the responsibility of this media work. You might not be satisfied with it, but be humble to do the responsibilities well and pull your heart back into it. So I thought, cool, okay, I'm going to try humility. Okay, God's my mentor. Let's try and do what he says. And so I'm not exaggerating again, within about two weeks, of really making that effort to be humble and have a better attitude about stuff, God gave me the first opportunity to actually come here and speak. Last time I was here in Kaitaia was that first breakthrough opportunity for me. So the moment that I realized that my purpose was not in a role, I still work in media, by the way. I still, and part of that, it's still my job, but I'm a lot more satisfied now because my focus has shifted. I'm not focused on my purpose being a role. I'm not, I'm not focused on it being a position or being an opportunity. I'm focused, I thought it was a good point too. I'm focused on my purpose being a person, a relationship, a mentorship with God, where I hear and obey. 
And that purpose, find shifting my focus, that purpose now gives me greater fulfillment and gives me incredible joy. See, I thought my purpose was a role, but it's not. My purpose is a relationship, and it's the same for you as well. Uh, John 15 verse 10 says, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Let me go back to the start. When you obey my commandments, you will be filled with my joy. Your joy will overflow. When we are living a life of listening, attentive to God, God, what do you want me to do next? What's my next instruction? What do you want me to do today? What's my purpose in this environment? And obey that. That's the key to joy, fulfillment, satisfaction, purpose, and meaning in life. Obedience leads to joy. And that's the way God has wired us. So it makes sense when you're not living that relationship way with God that you're going to be dissatisfied because we're wired to start from that foundation of listening and hearing from God. Does that make sense? Amen. Well, the second starting point that I want us to focus on is, uh, is to focus on your character. Focus on your character. If you want to live a fulfilling life of significance and purpose for God, work on your heart. Because our purpose in life, ultimately, it's to be Christ-like. God created you to become more like Jesus. And any good that we could ever do in this life, any, any achievement we could ever make for God, first comes from an overflow of your heart. Matthew twelve thirty five says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. What you do isn't your purpose. What you do isn't your ministry but how you do it is. And that comes from the goodness inside your heart. You see, what we do is in our ministry, but we impart who we are. We impart a culture. We carry a fragrance. We carry an atmosphere with us into the situations that we go into. And that's the thing that ministers to others. You want to have great ministry for God? Work on the overflow. Work on what's coming out of your life. Work on the atmosphere you're carrying into situations. And you want to know a great place to start? Start with the fruit of the Spirit. Pick a fruit of the Spirit. Choose one. And we're going to put it on the screen, actually. We're going to put that verse, the fruit of the Spirit. Choose one that you think, man, yeah, that one. I need to work on that. I'm going to intentionally, like for me, it was humility, intentionally work on something to develop into your heart and see the fulfillment, the purpose that comes from that. So the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control or self-discipline. These fruit, they're not just for us to enjoy. These fruit grow in our lives. We think, oh yeah, okay, um, a fruit of righteousness and getting closer to God, the fruit of the Spirit of love, I get more love. Or the fruit of the Spirit is joy, I get more joy and I'm happy in life. Well, yeah, to a measure. But the reality is the fruit of the Spirit grow in our lives for others to pick from. They grow in our lives for others for us to give to others. And so love, love is a verb. Love's not a good feeling for ourselves. Love is what we do for others. And so when love grows in your heart, then you're able to show love to others. When patience, you're able to show patience, maybe with your kids, maybe with that colleague at work, you're able to show kindness. You're able to bring joy. And so think of the fruit of the Spirit as something that overflows and that you can give to others and others can pick from. And these fruit of the Spirit, they actually, they're the culture of heaven, They're what heaven's like. And our purpose in this world as Christians is to bring the culture of heaven to earth. 
It's to carry the culture of heaven to earth. So whatever we do, you know, our work, our serving, our giving, our family, that's not the greatest gift to the world. Our greatest gift to the world is how we carry about ourselves and how we do that. It's the character that we bring into those situations. So if we do our everyday tasks with good character, we will bless the world around us with the fragrance of heaven. Do your everyday mundane, boring tasks, those opportunities, those relationships, those struggles, those conflicts, do that all with good character, and you're going to find incredible purpose and fulfillment from that. Finally, start with what's in your hand. Start with what's in your hand, and you will find great purpose and meaning. What does that mean? Start with what's in your hand. It means you might not have all the answers right now, but start with what you've got. Start with what you've got. Start with the opportunities that you have right now. Where are you planted? Who's in your family? Where do you work? What are the resources you do have? What are your skills, your gifts, your talents? What's your passion? Let that fuel your purpose. Who's around you? Where can you start? See, I want you to remember this. You don't need to go looking for your purpose. God has already positioned you for your purpose. You don't need to go looking for it because where you are right now, who you're around, what you're doing, you will find purpose in that. You don't need to go looking for your purpose. You will know the parable of the talents. You you can find that in Matthew 25. It's a story of a wealthy um, master who wanted to go away on a trip, and he entrusted his possessions to his servants. And so the story goes to one servant, he gave uh, five talents or five bags of silver. To another servant, he gave two. And to another servant, he gave one. Now the two servants that got five bags of silver and two bags of silver, those guys, they did well with what he trusted to them. They invested it, they worked hard with it, and they multiplied it and they doubled it. And so when the master came back, he was happy with them because they presented back to him a reward from what they, he had given them. Now, the servant who got given one talent, he didn't do anything with that. He buried it. He hid it away, and he didn't use it, and he didn't bring a return on that. And the master wasn't as happy with him. And we see the explanation. The master said, to those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. You see, we've all been given something. Whether it's five or whether it's one, you've got something. And I think a trap that we get into is we compare ourselves with somebody else who's got five when we've got two. And we say, how can I achieve significance with the two that I've got when they've got five? And that's what significance looked like. And we get suffocates ourselves. And we think that, oh, if I can't be as great as that person, I'm going to bury it. Why, Why do I even bother trying? But that's a mistake. The reward comes in bringing a return on what you've been given. You don't have to make as much return as the next guy. You just have to be faithful with what you've been given. Whether you've been given one, I mean, the master would have been so happy with that guy who got one and if he just made one more. Or even the the story goes, if he had just done something little with it and put it in the bank and just got a bit of interest, he would have been happy. Do something. Do something. Take the pressure off yourself that you've got to be like someone else or be to a certain standard. Just do something with what's in your hand right now. We've all been given something. And the great thing with that truth is you'll be given 
even more, and you'll have an abundance. And that speaks to me of significance, of fulfillment, of meaning, and of abundance. Now, that's great fulfillment in life. That's great purpose in life, having an abundance. So the question is, what has God given you? And where has God placed you? And I can tell you one thing that's in your hand for sure, guaranteed, is that you're planted here in this church. There's something in your hand right here. If you want one place to start of finding purpose, you find yourself here. There's a reason you find yourself here on a Sunday morning. You can find great purpose in being a part of this church family, getting involved, contributing, serving, partnering with this house's vision to reach Kaitaia and to reach beyond. You know, you can find incredible purpose just starting with what's in your hand. Another place you can find great purpose is to go all in for New Zealand and beyond. That's an opportunity that's presented right now. That's something that's in your hand. And that conference is all about each individual discovering their God-given purpose and living it out in their day-to-day life. That's the heartbeat. That's the essence of that conference. If there's going to be anywhere God is going to speak to you, a next step, it's got to be there. So there are two things that you can start with right now that are right in your hand. Here's a quote. Let's be unexpected warriors, love ninjas, secret agents of grace in the kitchen, in the boardrooms, and by the swings on the playground. Any sphere of life that you find yourself in, no matter what age, no matter who you're around, any area of life, your work, your home, your family, you can be an agent of grace. You can find purpose in that place. If I can have the worship team come and join me. Friends, you're created for a purpose. You're significant. And I really feel that. I don't think it's a mistake that what we heard through the offering and through the welcomes and now what God spoke to me to to share with you this morning is all very much on what has God given you. What is the gift God's given you? And you've got a purpose. God told me, he said, go there and tell them they're significant. Tell them they have a purpose. And that's what God wants to speak to you today. Why don't you just stand? Why don't you close your eyes and just lock into God right now? Friends, you're a part of God's plan. You're a part of God's Lego book. You might be one of the hidden pieces or you might be one of the on on display. You might be one of the bright and colorful or you might be one of the more mute colors. But the point is that you were created to fit and it's part of God's plan. And just like Jesus doing the will of God and finding, working in your purpose, walking that journey with God, just like Jesus did, your life will be filled with purpose, with fulfillment, and with incredible meaning. A purpose isn't a daily journey. It's a future role or destination. And it's something that you can start right now. You can draw near to God in friendship. You can work on being Christ-like and having a good heart and good character. And you can discover what God's put in your hand right now, that you can make a start on having a purpose life. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans... I have for you, says the Lord. God's got plans for you. They're plans for good. 
and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And we sang this song in the beginning of the day, and it, just the presence of God hit me and said, man, let's sing this song again at the end of the day. So I believe it speaks to rising up visions within us. I believe it speaks to rising up, awakening the dry bones. And you might feel like you're in a place where you're unsatisfied or not knowing how to progress your life and not knowing where your purpose is. I believe God wants to meet with you and have a moment with you right now as you lock into Him to refresh your heart and to renew that vision.